Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, The Testament of Jesus, Listening for God, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva, on May 14, 2017. We're excited to be here. Praise God. Well, Mom, happy Mother's Day. No, thank you. Thank you, ladies. Thank every one of you for for your lives, the way you love us, the way you encourage us, and especially for the way you discipline us. I tell you what, I I grew up with a a grand, and when I say grand, um, she was grand, larger than life, uh, mother, and uh, and a very short, about four foot ten mom that... uh, that took very good care of me. She loved me deeply and, uh, you know, she corrected me when I was wrong and helped me to see some things even when I thought I was right. And uh, so I just, I just want to say thank you, ladies. Thank you, thank you for the influence that you have in our lives. Thank you for just everything you do, the way you model things. And uh, we, we praise God for you. And I want you to know whether you're a mom, uh, you have your own children, whether you're a spiritual mom, uh, whether you're a young lady on a journey that hopes to one day become a mom, um, we want you to know that you are important to us, that you make a difference in our lives. And so this morning, we have some special guests over here to the left, I guess would be for you. Hey, I got that one right. And they've got a special gift for you this morning. So I would like for all of the ladies to go ahead and stand up if you would and stay standing, please. All the moms, all the ladies stand up because we want to give everyone a gift here. And so if you would do that for me and stay standing, because after they're done passing out the gifts, um, we want to pray with you and pray for you. Does that sound okay? All right. Look, go ahead, kiddos. Let's go ahead and get them the gifts. See how excited they are for you guys. They're awesome. Don't you love kids? Yeah, ladies, stay standing. Okay. All right, uh, Alan, correct me. Go ahead and once you get one, go ahead and sit down so we know who got one and who didn't. Sorry. See, now, now you know why we need a leadership team in this church, you know? Got one? All right, we got a few more ladies in the back here. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. I think we got them all. All right. Praise God. All right. Before the kids go away, don't let them leave yet. Um, I'd like to 
for all of us to pray. You know, we're going to, we really have a heart um, to grow our church. And when I talk about grow our church, it's, it's the heart of aspect of growing spiritually, helping us to discover the things that God has for us, always looking to Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, our Redeemer, as our, as our perfecter to help us grow. And a big part of it is our kids. They help us to become something different, to become something better. And so uh, we want to include them as we, we worship together and as we pray together. So if you would, bow your heads and close your eyes with me, and let's just praise God for our moms today. Father, we thank you so much for your love and your grace. Thank you how you've modeled that through the ladies of this church, the ladies that you've surrounded us with, the ladies that you've just put into our lives to help us to better understand the things that you have for us, Father. So thank you this morning, Lord. We give you praise and we give you glory and honor for their lives and the influence they have in us. And I pray that that as you bless them, Father, that you would just hold them and that you would keep them and that you would watch over them and that you would just continue to bless them in every way and provide for them in the ways that they need and just watch over them as you do that, Father. We thank you and we love you and we do it all in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Well, go ahead, kiddos. You can head back to Adventureland and have some fun back there. If you guys have never been to Adventureland, I'd encourage you to go check it out one of these days. Uh, there's a height requirement, though, which I haven't met yet, but uh, I'll get there one day. <laughs> Tell you what, these kids are bigger and better, bigger every day, aren't they? Jeez, my wife teaches second grade, and I'll, I'll go into her classroom sometime, and I'm just kind of amazed because I'm like, hi, Johnny, how you doing? <laughs> like, Whoa, second grade, huh? <laughs> wow. All right, seriously, let's focus. (laughs) All right, well, we're glad you're here this morning. We're going to continue in our series. And moms, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for your love and and just for all that you are. Um, This morning, if you would, grab your Bibles. We're going to be in a book uh, called Samuel, 1 Samuel. It's the Old Testament book. And uh, we're going to look at just one verse in that first chapter of 1 Samuel together and i think it's a very key verse for us this morning and so we're gonna we're gonna come back to that so if you would just mark your bibles there and we're gonna talk about a few things because i think sometimes for moms and for the ladies i think especially as we look at god's word and we see some of the descriptives of what the bible teaches us about being uh uh, people and being ladies in in the world today i think sometimes we mistake it that that there has to be this perfection and I want to reassure you, ladies, that there, there is no such thing as perfection. And we serve a perfect God. But in this world, in this life, there is brokenness, there is hardship. And I want you to know that, that we do not expect you to be perfect. But, but I want you to know something. I want you to be reminded, because I think it's, it's so important as we live this life, as we do the things that God has called us to do, and as we walk on this journey, on this path together as the body of Christ, as the church, I think it's so important for us to remind ourselves of something very specific. And it's simply this, is that you are loved by God. Right where you stand, right where you sit, right where you are in this very moment, in the moments that you'll face in the coming days, I want you to know that you are loved by God and you are His beloved. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever woke up in the morning and, and just looked in the mirror and, and, and just said, you know what? Thank you, God, for loving me. And in the mirror, you see yourself and you just say, I am God's beloved. I, I hope that you would do that sometime soon. If you wouldn't do it every single day of your life, remind yourself of this love and this grace that God has for you. 
Because I think that's so important for every one of us to rest in, to, to be reminded of, of this love that we have. And God doesn't expect us to be perfect. But He does expect us to accept that love and to take that love and live from that love. And so this morning, is, as we look at this young lady by the name of Hannah, I want you to know that this isn't a perfect life. You know, 1 Samuel tells us this story. It opens with this story of, of Samuel's mom. And it, it's a lady that wasn't perfected. She wasn't perfect. She probably made a whole lot of mistakes in her life. You know, this was a young lady that as we open up this passage and we look at it, we see that she was burdened. She was burdened by the fact that she couldn't have a child. And I tell you what, for those moms that, that are wrestling through those moments of, of uh, trying to have a kid and, and even struggling with some, some elements of that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a disheartening moment. You know, there, there was a time when we had our first son, our, our only son, and uh, a couple of years later, about a year or two into it, we wanted to have our, our second child. And, and so, so we did. We, we, we did what it took to do that. I won't go into detail, but uh, we, we, my wife got pregnant and about a month or so into it, a couple of months into it, into her first trimester, um, we had, a, or my wife had a miscarriage and, uh, you know, in, in those moments we, we were struck, struck by pain and emotions and, and thoughts of, of not understanding why. And, and so we got to kind of look at it from the perspective of this young lady in the essence of what she's dealing with and the emotions that she's feeling in these moments because we see here that, that she's even being mocked and looked down upon because of her situation. Yeah, I'd encourage you to read all of 1 Samuel. We're not going to um, look at the whole chapter, but focus in on one key verse because it's more about how she responded in these moments than it is anything else. See, they were looking down upon her because she couldn't bear a child. They saw her as imperfect. But see, God sees us in our imperfection. He helps us to understand that He has us right where He wants us. And there's a very specific purpose behind all of these moments that we'll deal with. And I want you to do this. I want you to look at 1 Samuel chapter 1. And we're going to look at one verse, verse 11. And as... Hannah responds to this moment. She's in the temple and she bows before God. And this is her prayer in verse 11. She says, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord and all the days of his life. And no razor shall touch his head. See, we, we've come upon this young lady at the lowest point in her life. She's struggling. She has an affliction. And in this moment, she begins to plead with God to help her, to give her the one thing that she wants, the one thing that, that she desires more than anything in this world. And as we watch her, we can discover, and as we look at the story we see that she has this affliction. There is some pain and suffering, something that's, that's causing her pain. See, in these moments, she could have responded in many different ways. She could have, she could have turned from God and, and been angry at God and said, God, why are you doing this to me? 
And I want to tell you, if she would have responded like that, I, I could promise you and I can guarantee you that God would have still loved her. That God would have still done some things in her life to remind her of how important she is in His plan. But she didn't do that. She didn't turn away from God. Instead, she turned towards God. So this, this morning, I want to ask you, I want, I want to start with this, and I want you to kind of work from this point here as we continue in this moment. I want to ask you, is there an affliction in your life right now? Is there some kind of pain, whether it be emotional, relational, physical, that you're dealing with right now? I want you to think about that. I want you to think, where are you are right now in this moment? Because I'll tell you, if you're not there in this moment, you will be there one day. One day you will go through affliction. One day you will have pain. One day you will have suffering. You know, when my my wife and I had that miscarriage, we, we never thought we would be at that point. We never really thought we would have to deal with all the emotions that came with that. And those emotions lasted. Those emotions carried on for about a year or so until we decided to try again. And then emotions changed from there. It went from sorrow and sadness to fear and anxiety. And it all came out of not knowing. But that was our response in those moments. See, there are things that weigh heavy on our heart. And we're no different than Hannah. All of us are alike, male, female, young and old. We all have things that we worry about and think about. We have afflictions, moments of pain, moments of suffering. And for each and every one of us, it's different. And I tell you what, that moment that you have, God sees it as a big moment. And, and, I, and I use the term as a, as a big moment because I believe as we look here at the Apostle Paul and what he went through in his affliction, God used it as a big moment to work in Paul's life, to work in Hannah's life, and to work in our lives. I want you to look at what Paul says and how he describes his affliction. It's in your notes there, 2 Corinthians 12, 7. It'll be up on the screen here also for you. See, Paul describes for us, he says, because of all these surpassingly great revelations, he's seen so much, he's been through so much, and he's witnessed so much. He says, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. So again, we hear Paul describing to us his affliction. See, he tells us what's happening in, a life, in his life and he gives us the reason why he is in this moment. See, Paul understands that what he's going through has a purpose. There's a plan that God has for him. He may not like this, he may not want this, but he trusts God in it. Then he goes on to share the response that was meant to not only encourage him, but, but I think it was meant to encourage us too in the tough moments of life. If you look at verses 9 and 10 in 2 Corinthians 12, Paul says that God responds to him like this. He says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Circle that word, power or those words, power and weakness. 
Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ. Then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. Listen to this part. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Isn't that a powerful statement? I'm just kind of curious that in those tough moments of life, the things that you face, if you look back on your life, how many times have you offered a response like that? I am grateful, I am joyful for the afflictions that I have. See, if you're human like the rest of us, most likely that's not our response. I know in the moments that I've had to deal with in my own life of of pain and suffering, that's not my typical response. See, I don't don't find joy in pain. I don't find excitement going through those tough moments. But God understands that, that we are human. And again, that's where we have to kind of move to the aspect of reminding ourselves that that we are His beloved, that He loves us right where we are, right where we stand, no matter what we're going through, and even no matter how we respond. Because I tell you what, I don't always respond right. I wish I was like Paul, and I could just praise God every time I have a tough moment. Oh, thank you, God. (laughs) Thank you for this. I praise you for this. See, we we deal with affliction, we deal with pain, and we deal with suffering, and we respond to it in specific ways. See, what we see here with Hannah and with Paul, there's this common denominator, there's this common thing that happens for them. And And it's simply in how they respond. It's how they respond in this moment, in this tough time, during this affliction. So the the question I think we're faced with this morning as we look at this passage is how do we move to those type of responses? How do we grow in our faith where we trust God in a way when we have a tough moment in life, we say, thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing right now. I am so grateful because I know what you're doing in me is because you want to work through me. See, that's what Paul did. This is what we see Hannah do here. And I I think our first step where we have to begin is that we simply have to offer a prayer of supplication. See, supplication is one of those big words. And and, uh, Ray, wherever you are, I know you like them big words, so I got you one this morning. I'll let you look it up later, okay, Ray? There you go. Ray, he's a big word guy. If you you ever want a big word, talk to Ray, okay? He'll give you some good ones. Supplication just simply means to approach God humbly and earnestly. Offer God a humble prayer and do it earnestly. As excited as you are to be here this morning, be that excited to come into the presence of God every single day. Listen to what Hannah does here. She says, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son. 
See, the first thing that we see, the first part of this verse, is that she humbled herself. You have to picture this. Hannah's in the temple. And there are people around her worshiping and giving and doing all these things to God. And there are people watching as others are doing it. It's like us gathering here this morning in corporate worship together. And regardless of who is around her, Hannah gets on her knees and she prays. She offers a prayer of supplication and she does it earnestly. Even to the degree that the story tells us that Eli thought that she was drunk. He didn't understand what she was doing. See, she didn't care who was around her. It didn't matter what was going on outside. She was focused on her and her God. And humbly, she came to him. She turned to God and at her weakness moment, weakest moment, she bowed before God and earnestly asked God to help her. See, that's where we start. When, when we face affliction, when we face pain or suffering, that's where we begin. We get on our knees and we bow before God and we ask for his help. We humble ourselves and we give it over to God. I want to ask you, are you in a tough moment in your life right now? And I guess the real, real question is, are you surprised by that? Are you surprised when you go through a tough moment? I tell you what, when, when I go through a tough moment, uh, sometimes I'm surprised about it. Because then we begin to ask the question, well, why? Why, why am I here? Why, why me? You know? And that, that's, a, that's a response of surprise. Why me? Why, why do I have to go through this and not him? Why, why me? See, our, our response is everything to God. I, I want you to hear what Jesus says about pain and suffering in John chapter 16, the Gospel of John, verse 33. Jesus says, I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. And I love that he starts with that. He says, in the world, you will have tribulation. You will have trials. You will have hard moments. There will be affliction, pain, and suffering. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. See, again, we don't work towards victory. We start from victory. And we start with Jesus, because he is victorious. He has overcome the world. And because of that, so can we. See, Jesus has the authority. God gave him the authority and he gives us the same authority to overcome all of these tough moments in our life. So if this is the case, if we kind of understand that our response is so important, how do we do that? How are are we supposed to respond in these tough moments? I want to give us a, a couple of things that might be helpful for us. One is is that we identify the true emotion. You know, I had a lot of tough moments growing up. I, I dealt with some different things in my life, you know. Maybe different than you, but it, for me, some of those moments were tougher than others. And I, and I realized as I look back on those moments that my response was always anger. Always getting mad. If I didn't get something, I got mad. If it wasn't going my way, I got mad. You know, everything was anger. 
And as I, and I look at, at, at my life and I, and I realize all of those things and I kind of sort through the chaos and the junk and all those moments that I have, I realize that anger really truly wasn't my real emotion. Anger was just easy for me to express. It was easy to get mad. It was easy to yell at someone. See, what I, I realized that most of my moments, most of my tough moments, in those moments, my real emotion was insecurity. I, I was insecure at moments. You know, I, I realized looking back that in my life that there was a lot of moments that caused me to, whether it was outside factors or my own doing, there was a lot of moments where I just felt so insecure. I wasn't tall enough. I wasn't cool enough. I didn't have enough money. My shoes weren't the nice. Whatever. You fill in the blank. But because all of that... I was insecure. See, anger wasn't ever my true emotion. It was insecurity. And then other moments, it was a different emotion. Maybe it was jealousy. Maybe it was sad. Maybe I was just sad in those moments. But everything that I did, I responded in anger. And we have to identify the true emotion. When we're in those moments of affliction, what is our true emotion? And then from there... Once we identify that true emotion, what, where we really need to start with, the root of our problem, from there, we move to God's Word and we seek God's wisdom. You know, I can give you guys a lot of pretty good opinions. <laughs> yeah, I could probably tell you a lot of pretty cool stuff. You know, I'm one of those guys that likes little sayings, you know, and uh, little quotes. And uh, those are cool and they're helpful But if we truly want to move out of that emotion and deal with that emotion that's in front of us, deal with our affliction, we have to move to God's Word. See, that's where we see Hannah go to. She goes directly to God. She gets in His presence and she says, God, help me. Give me. Provide for me. Show me. And I will do my part. I will walk with you. I will dedicate Him all the days of my life. See, we we move towards God's word and it shows us how to respond. I love what it says in Proverbs 3. If you want wisdom, look at Proverbs 3, verses 13 and 14. It says, Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. See, wisdom is understanding and understanding is what leads us towards Jesus. See, the more we learn and more that we understand of what God's doing in our life and how He's molding us and shaping us, and in those tough moments, we usually will move towards, if we seek God's wisdom, we'll move directly towards Jesus. I have a thing that I, I try to live by in my own life, and it's just simply three L words. It's love, listen, and lead. See, my responsibility, the greatest thing that I can do in this life is to love God and love my neighbor. And if I love my neighbor, I'm going to earn the right and the opportunity to listen to my neighbor's pain and suffering and struggle. It's amazing. I don't know if you guys have experienced, I'm assuming you have. uh, If you ever approach someone at a coffee shop or at the grocery store and you just simply give them a big smile and you say, Hey, how's it going today? How are you? And you really show a, a sincere desire to kind of know who they are. It's not just in passing. It's amazing what people will tell you. 
And I believe it's simply because you've offered him some love. It's because you showed him that, hey, you know what? I'm willing to listen to you. But the key word there is listen. Are we willing to listen and hear what really is going on to, to understand what is the true emotion that this individual is expressing with us and sharing with us? And then from there, we, we don't give them our opinions. We give them Jesus. See, we love, we listen, and then we lead them to Jesus. We, we share our story with them and what God's done in our lives. And we help them to see that, yeah, there's tough moments in life. But there's a God out there that said, hey, you know what? There will be trials and tribulations. But I have said all of these things. I have left my word for you so that you might have what? Peace. See, we just read it in the Gospel of John. John 16, 33. Memorize that verse. See, Jesus says that I have given you all of these things. I have said all of these things so that you might have peace. So when we offer a prayer of supplication, when we come into the presence of God, we seek His wisdom, we understand that our next step is to simply give over our needs, to give it over to God. Look at the second part of verse 11. Listen to what Hannah says, because I think it's more than we, we, we think about as we just kind of read through this passage and this story. She says, Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. And no razor shall touch his head. You know, in our minds we think Hannah's just dedicating her child to God. She says, every day I will lift him up to you and put him in your hands, in your trust, and in your care. And she is. She is doing this. But there's more to the story. And, and moms, you get this. You understand this part of it because for you to lift up us into the presence of God, to, for you to, to dedicate us as your children to God, you, you have to know God yourself. You have to walk with God yourself. Because in those moments of, of resting in that love and understanding that you are His beloved, you can't help but to share that and to trust your children with the God that has control over everything. Right? And that's what Hannah is saying here. He say, she's saying, I'm giving it to you, Lord, and I am trusting you, and I am going to walk with you. And it's this beautiful picture of surrender to the God that created all things, that controls all things, that holds all things in the palm of his hand. See, moms, you get that. Dads, I don't know if we do all the time. I, I wish we did. You know, because, and, and I don't mean to pick on the dads right now, but, but I just have to say this. Dads, if we got this, myself included, because I'm a dad, if we got this, we would be better spiritual leaders in our homes. We would model what it means to love. We wouldn't be afraid to grab our, our son and just hug him. And say, son, I love you. And you know why I love you? Because you are God's child. You are his beloved. And you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. See, Hannah's reminding us something here. She's given us this picture of surrender. The Bible teaches us in Galatians 2.20 what it looks like to be fully surrendered to God. 
Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is I who no longer live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. I trust in God. I surrender to God. I give over to God in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Again, I just can't help but to say it over and over because I want you to really get this. You are God's beloved. He loves you. He gave himself for you. He surrendered and sacrificed himself for you. See, and that's what moms do for us. They sacrifice themselves for us. See, we see Hannah here committing not only her son, but she commits herself. She commits in full surrender to God to say, every single day, I am going to lift him up to you. I'm going to put him in your hands and I'm going to trust you with him. And I'm going to trust in the fact that there is grace in the pain. There is grace in the struggle. As we continue in the story, chapter 2, 1 Samuel we see Hannah praise God because God gives her a son, Samuel, and she knows that God is going to use Samuel to do some great things. Samuel is our very last judge, as we see in the story that God's unfolding to us in the Old Testament. Samuel's the last judge, and, and from there, Samuel will actually, he'll actually commission the first and second king, and we'll look at that next week, first, first kings next week, what, what true wisdom looks like, what wisdom looks like. But if you look at chapter 2 in this passage, we see Hannah praise God for what she's done in her life. It's this prayer of praise. And I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but I'd like for you and encourage you to take your notes with you and read that whole prayer sometime this week, maybe in your quiet time, and just meditate on the things that she's saying. But the first verse here, Hannah says, My heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth declares or derides my enemies because I rejoice in what? Your salvation. See, she realizes that she's God's beloved, that she belongs to God. There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you. There is no rock like our God. See, we see a response that shows us that she has found her salvation in the Lord God and the one who created her. I want to tell you this morning, no matter what you deal with, no matter, no matter the affliction, no matter the pain, no matter the suffering, whether it's emotional, whether it's physical, whether it's psychological, whatever it is, it's a big deal to God. And it's a big deal to God because you matter to God. You are important to God. And your response is everything to God. So I want to ask you this. As, as we go away from here this morning, I want to ask you, are, are you listening to God? Because before we can listen to God, we have to listen for God, right? Right? We have to do what Hannah did and, and bow in the presence of God and seek Him, pursue Him, and look towards Him and hear His voice. Look to His Word for clarity and understanding. We have to listen for God. But see, we can't do that if we're just going to be busy. We can't do that if we just get up in the morning and we go. 
See, we have to come into the presence of God and listen for God. And when we do that, we're better able to respond in a way where we are listening to God. And I think that's so key in our lives. No matter where we're at, no matter what we deal with, as we listen for God and we hear His voice, as He speaks to us, as He shows us and as He teaches us, then we can be obedient in how we respond to God, just like Hannah was here. And she dedicated her son. She committed to him every single day. See, just like Hannah, our greatest need isn't that our pain would be taken away from us, but it is that we be reminded of God's great love. And again, as Paul says, God responds to him. I believe God is responding to you and I this morning. He is saying, my grace is sufficient because his power is made perfect in my weakness. When I am weak, then I am strong. Will you pray with me? Father, we just thank you for this morning. And again, Lord, we thank you for our moms. We, we thank you for the spiritual moms that you've put in our lives. We thank you for the moms that, that love others around us and help us to see that love. Father, we thank you for the moms that have loved us. Lord, we know that that there is no perfection in that love, but there is perfection in your love because you are love, Father. So this morning, as we give you praise and we give you thanks, we come before you and, and, Lord, we give you our prayers. We give you the things that, that, that we're dealing with, that we're struggling with, the things that cause us pain and suffering, the tough moments of life, Father. Lord, help us to to grow in this. Help us to to rest in your love, to, to know that all the things that you've given us, all the things that you've said to us, you have done so that we might have peace, that we might have comfort. Lord, you, you modeled this and you showed us all of these things through Jesus Christ. Lord, the Bible tells us that, that you sent your son that whoever would believe on him would not perish but have eternal life. Father, and when we think about that word believe, it means that we believe and we trust in who you are, that your son Jesus came and he lived on this earth and he died on a cross. But the story didn't end there, Father, that that your son rose on the third day and he defeated death. He overcame this world. And he did it for every person sitting here this morning. He did it for me. He did it for you. And he did it for all of us. Father, your word tells us that if we just believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord, that you offer us this peace, that you'll give us this peace, even in the toughest of moments as we wrestle through our afflictions, Father, that you will help us to respond in ways that not only bring honor to you, but help others to see the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. So this morning, Father, I pray that as we go away from here, Father, that we would just draw near to you, that we would seek you, that you would help us to understand the things that we're going through, and Lord, that you would lead us and guide us and work in us to change us. So, Father, that we can honor you as we go out into this world and share the hope and the love and the grace that you have given us. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. 
You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.